seven years, I'd told Pastor John, hey, someday, you know, you're young and you're like, hey, this would be cool. I think I could do this. And you're like, you have no idea. <laughs> you have no idea. So that's why I love being around people such as yourself who have done this longer. You know, anybody can do anything. Anybody can be a superstar for, I'll say, five, a year to five years. But I'm like, when you hit, I mean, you got to know that you're called to do this. And there's people who are more talented. There's people who are more gifted. But I think sometimes people try to do things, and they're, that's really not what God designed them to do. Yeah. They just didn't want to serve under somebody else. But I knew that for me, I always wanted to honor my pastor because I think there's just a blessing in that. I think if you look through the scriptures, these, these guys, they all had mentors. They all had these leaders. And so Pastor John is, is a mentor and leader and, and my pastor. Like if he asked me to do something today, I'd go do it. I just think there's a blessing. And everyone's going to need a pastor one day. Absolutely. So don't make your pastor lie at your funeral. That's one, that's one of my, I'm going to make a t-shirt. Don't make your pastor lie at your funeral. Oh, he was great. They, they were wow. committed to the church. Well, no, they, they showed up a few times a year. Man, they were so sacrificial when we wanted to advance God's kingdom. No, they weren't. And, and you know, <laughs> you've done those funerals when you're like, I, I, don't, I don't know what this person did for Jesus. I didn't see any fruit in their life. And, sure. you know, we've got to leave those things between them and God, but... So we wanted, to, we wanted to plant a church, and then this door opened where there was this church that was closing down, and uh, there was 26 people there, roughly, and then today, I think four to six of them, or four of them are really still committed, the rest of them, you know, they moved on, and that church was kind of closing down, and so it was almost like the church, we let it close, and then launched it, and my pastor, man, he doesn't, when you're going to do something, you're going to, anything, yes. everything, or nothing at all. And he's like, hey, Brian, I think you can do this. And I'm like, I don't know if I really want to do this right now because as a student pastor, someone that we know, a pastor that we know, a ministry, we had been modeling their student ministry and had been impacted. And a, and a guy in our church or a couple people had donated over a million dollars to our student ministry. So I felt like, so I'm a student pastor. Can I've been I, there for seven years. Can I get his years. name and address? Yes, you can. <laughs> so I'm a student pastor and we're about to do our dream for student ministry, provide this unbelievable environment. And then my pastor's like, okay, here's a door. Now you can exit this great dream and this donation here. So I felt like Moses. I didn't get to go to the promised land for the student ministry. But I kind of walked through a door, and I just walked through it. My wife was probably even more in it than I was from the start. And I just feel like if you'll just obey those little promptings, like God will just open up one door and the next. I think all of us, we want to get to the the end door, and it's like, actually, God wants to know, will you open the first door in faith, like writing a book, and then God opens up these opportunities for you, but I'm like, you had to do the work on the, on the beginning, so I know that's kind of a snapshot. We've been going for nine years, but we would not be where we are. Obviously, Jesus, my wife, but my pastor, he, he just opened a door, believed in me, and we, we all need somebody like that, so. Yeah, how does it feel to have somebody believe in you enough to say, you can do this. Uh, yeah, because you're like, do you really mean that? Because I, I know myself. <laughs> you want to get rid of me? <laughs> yeah, you're ready. To, this is your exit strategy. So I think, I mean, I've met with my pastor for almost every, every other week for almost nine years, and even as a staff member. So oh, for wow. almost, he would meet with us almost every week as a staff member. And, um, you know, I can't, I can't tell you everything he's taught me or anything, but I can tell you you know, he always said, hey, I have a time, you're important, you're valuable, whether you want to get mad, get frustrated, and sometimes it's correction. So sometimes it's, 
encouragement sometimes, and, but most people don't want to be corrected. And I think the correction is just as important for our potential as anything. And it's tough, but if you have someone correcting you, we'll, like we'll tell our kids all the time, you're going to get corrected in life. You can get corrected by people who love you or people who don't like you. But at the end of the day, if you're going to become who God wants you to be, you're going to get corrected. And so I think that's like a teaching we don't talk about that much because yeah. whenever we're talking about authority or correction, no one's like, yes, we're getting corrected today. Thank you. But wow. with that correction comes the love and encouragement, you know, and we all need people that will go, hey, I, I think everybody besides their spouse, because our spouse will do this for us well, we all need someone to tell us no. No, that's not a good idea. Chuck, I don't think that's a good idea. Brian, I don't think that's a good idea. So, um, so I, would rather, I would rather go invite people that I love and that, who I respect and have character to say, hey, what do you think about this? Hey, I, I don't think that's a good idea. I don't think you should travel that much in this season of your life. I don't think you should do this series. I don't think you, you know, and so, you know, there's wisdom in counselors, godly counselors. And so I try to invite that, invite that into your life now. Absolutely. So when yeah. the tough times do come, you have, you know, those people that will get your back and that are loyal and faithful. And that's rare too. So you have to surround yourself with people who not only believe in you, but are willing to tell you the truth, willing yeah. to tell you what you need to hear, not just what you want to hear. Yeah. And, um, you know, at our own church, I have sat in meetings with our elders, and my wife included, where I had an idea, and there were eight of us in the room, and the other seven said, no way. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, you know what? Apparently, I'm way off, yeah. so we're throwing that out. Or you were just just ahead. They weren't ready for it. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, sometimes... You know, sometimes there might be something to where I just know in my heart, this is yeah. a God thing, and yeah. we, we've got to do this. And as a yeah. leader, you know, I've got to, I've got to lead yeah. and say, we're, we're doing this. You know, but then there are times where I'm like, hey, what do you guys think about yeah. this? And everybody's like, nope, 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 nope. Hey, yeah, I didn't like that either. You know, yeah. so. <laughs> well, I think, well, I mean, all businesses and organizations, the smartest people aren't necessarily decision makers. You know, the decision makers are the one who's been, has been given the platform, but I want to go find the people who are smarter than I am. Because if you have a problem, the reason you're in the problem and you can't figure it out, you're leading it. So you can't solve the problem. So go find people who are smarter than you. I mean, some of the people who have probably helped us grow as a church or as a business and and lead are people who they're, they're not in any leader, they're leaders, but they're not the ones making the decision. So I think we have the responsibility for the kingdom of God to go ask people. And maybe it's, you know, some random person in your experience or services or whatever. Like I'll ask people to be a better communicator, people who will never speak in their life, but they're the ones actually sitting out there. And so I think if we just have that, that teachable spirit, like Caleb, he had a teachable spirit, uh, you know, uh, commit like Caleb when they went to the promised land. Caleb, he came back and he's like, yes, we can take this promised land. And him and Joshua and the other 10 were like, no, we can't. And so I, I want people who have that spirit of they want to make your business or the church better. And um, I, I think if we if we have that mindset like Caleb, yeah, like, yeah, we can do this. Let's just go find other people who are smarter than us to do it. I don't know if that makes sense or not. Yeah, but. yeah no, it does. It does. Well, I think you hit it on the head earlier. You said... you you got to know that you're called to do this when it comes to yeah. church planning. And we may have some church planners that are, that are watching other pastors and leaders and maybe some that just have a dream to, to plant a church. I think the number one um, takeaway 
would have to be, you got to know that you are, are called because it's, yeah. it's not easy. Ministry yeah. is, is difficult. And, and you said when you began that you just, man, you just like, man, I can, you know, like, this is nothing. I can, yeah. I can do this. And I, I felt the same way. I was living, before we planted Rock Church, I was living in, in Tulsa, and I was a, a leader at Church on the It would Move. be great if you would have said I was living in a van down I was by the living river. living in a van, almost. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> Actually, that's where I'm at today. That's no, I'm kidding. So, um, yeah, no, I was a, a, a part of Church on the Move, Willie George, mm-hmm. and I was a part of the youth ministry there. I was there when it transitioned. It became 180 and, and all that back in the day. And so I would, uh, you know, attend church and move on Sunday mornings. On a Sunday nights, I went to this church called Guts Church in Tulsa, Pastor Bill Shear. That's what really gave yeah. me the vision for, for, for Rock Church. But when we moved from Tulsa, I was working for a, a national youth ministry. The evangelist that I worked for sat me down, kind of like you got sat down. And I thought I would be at this ministry for years. I had been there three and a half years. I had um, done a lot of drama, a lot of preaching. We had a national television show on TBN. Yeah. I co- co-produced one season. I was able to, um, you know, travel and participate in these youth conventions, build an internship program. We traveled all throughout the U.S. and Canada. We had a national radio program. Um, it was everything going. was great. What? It was going, man. It was going. And then um, I became an office rat, took me off the road when I got married. Mm-hmm. And he knew I was called to preach. So he sat me down one day and he knew about my vision to yeah. plant a church someday. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was a long way off. But he yeah. sat me down. I'm in my 20s. My wife's in, in her 20s. We'd only been married um, at that time a, a little more than a year. Mm-hmm. And he said, man, Chuck, I feel it's time to promote you. And I don't know if that means sending you on the road to itinerate in churches that yeah. I can't go, send some interns with you. Or maybe this is the time you want to plant your church. Yeah. And when he said it, I knew in my heart it was time. Yeah. And I thought, man, I'm taking the Bible Belt to Peoria. I, had, yeah. <laughs> I, I found my vision statement just not too long ago. Yeah. I was cleaning up my garage, and in this filing cabinet, I found this vision statement of, you know, all the hundreds of people we wanted to have by year one and in year two, you know, I Thousands. think a five-year goal was like we're going to be running 2,000 people. And I had, I mean, yeah. this grand vision, but I thought that I could duplicate mm-hmm. What was going on in Tulsa at two different churches, I thought I could make it my own and duplicate it here. But I found out really quick, it's tough. Yeah. Eat some humble pie along the way. Yes. And the hardest part is, for me, the hardest part is not leading the church. It's leading myself. Mm. And so, uh, you know, you know, you got to be uh, smoking what you're selling. In a sense, you got to be in God's word. You got to be reading it. And we all have wilderness days where we're hearing God and we're reading His word and we feel rejuvenated. And then we have problems in life, health issues in life, family drama, friend drama. And so I think just leading yourself and knowing the greater call that you have on your life. Like I want, at the end of my life, I do want Jesus to say, He tells that parable. He talks about, you know, He gave out these talents and all this stuff. Well done, good and faithful servant. So as pastors, or Christians, we got to hear, well done. That means you have to do something. So you can't be like Jesus if you're not serving. There's a lot of people who are swerving, maybe on the podcast. If you're a church planner and you're listening to the podcast, hey, go do it. You only have one life. I mean, what are you waiting for? And so Jesus says, well done, good. You got to do some good stuff with it, you know, hopefully. And faithful, you know, well done, good and faithful servant. That's the servant part. But faithful, like doing it year in and year out. And I, I mean, I have so much respect for, for you, not because you wrote a sweet book, but, <laughs> or, or you love Jesus, you got a great family, but man, you've almost done this for 20 years. Like, I actually think your best days are, are ahead of you. And, and same for me. Like, I, I know that 
you know, I also think sometimes we're boxed into just church planters and pastors, and that's all we do. It's like, no, God's gifts inside of us. Sometimes that's just the door that opens the next door. And so I want to be a pastor like my pastor for 40 years. Like, I want to do this thing for a generation. And then, I mean, I've got Isaiah, Judah, Titus, and Luke. I mean, with names like that, one of those has to be a pastor. Like, even if they don't want it, you're in. You're in, you know. <laughs> It'll probably be Titus. He's the, he's the nice one. Um, but you got a prophet. you got a doctor. <laughs> yeah. The doctor can, can bank the thing for us and uh, provide the resources. And then, uh, you know, Judah, he's probably my tribe leader. Actually, he'd probably be, the, he could be the pastor. He can, not to be confused with Judas. a lot Judas. of campus pastors right there. In not your, to be in confused your... with Judas. One time some lady said, you, you know, Judas. I'm like, no idiot. I'm not a pastor who would name <laughs> my, God, my son after the guy no who idiot. betrayed Jesus. So, but just being faithful and man, there's a power in that. You know, those who are Psalm 92, 13 says, those who are planted in the house of the Lord will flourish in the courts of God. In the end, you'll be refreshing, you know? And so I think there's just something about faithfulness and not being raised in the church. Um, I've seen a lot of unfaithfulness Hmm. to my pastor, to other pastors. And I find it, I still have the mentality of an outsider in an insider's place. So even I'll be preaching and I'm like, is my language outsider hmm. or is my language insider? And, and, and I still see myself as the person on the outside living on a hill. Nobody ever invited us to church. We were on a highway to hell, ACDC fans for you out there. So that's where we were on a highway to hell. And then by the divine providence of God, my best friend for over 20 years was placed on our baseball team because he didn't show up to tryouts. We began a friendship through basketball. I beat him seven times in a row. He's a great chiropractor Craig Spine and Sport and Morton just want to throw that out there for you if you need one but so he was he became my friend and he invited me to the church and then I remember walking to the church and and I had given my life to Jesus a few years before we did not go to church but at the power team event these massive bodybuilders you know similar to our shape you know massive you know bolt guys and I gave my life to Christ I can remember like it was yesterday inviting Jesus to be the Lord of my life. But at the power team. The I never knew this. Team. Yeah, this is, this is legit. Wow. So, so the, the evangelist that I worked for, Eastman Curtis, he traveled with the power team before, oh, before I worked man, with him. I've actually so. tried to find the exact date that I gave my life to Christ, but because it was sponsored, you know, you can't, they can't find the money trail of who paid. Mm. Or it's like another company that sponsored the event, and, yeah. and I really would love to wow. find that day. So back in... You know, 1990, 89 to 91, if you were in the Peoria Power Team, please give me a call. Yeah. <laughs> I want to find that out. But no, just the, just the outsider perspective um, of like, man, are we, are we just swapping, you know, the sheep? Or are we really seeing people who don't know Christ come to the church? And we're in the Midwest. So when we try to reach people who are unchurched, really what we're saying is not, I mean, there are a few, maybe two out of 10 or three that are, they really have not experienced church. Like my family had not experienced church, but most of the time they've gone to church and they, unfortunately, you know, they got what they expected. It was boring and God's not boring. Just maybe the pastor was off that day or the church was, and we've probably done that as well. But, but just thinking about faithfulness and really, really asking. And we asked that as a staff, like who, who am I reaching? Not, Hey, you guys go out and reach people, but who am I reaching at the drive-thru at Starbucks, in the gym? Who am I sharing my story with and my faith? And so that's one thing I do try to do to keep my faith rel- you know, real to me. Like if I'm not sharing what Jesus is doing in my life, and, and most people will talk about themselves if you ask them questions, especially during this time of year. You know? yeah. so. Awesome, man. That's good stuff. Well, when Elevate Church 
began. So you were a staff at another church, and this was your opportunity to yep. take a, a church that was dissolving, another yep. church that was dissolving, yep. and, and take it over. And you said 46 people, right? Or 26. Or no, no, 26. 26 people you began they, with. They quickly exited, really quick. They quickly <laughs> exited. But now fast forward, almost nine years later, you're reaching several hundred people yep. a week, multi-services. And you know, I, like I mentioned, I've, I've preached there. Uh, Spirit of Excellence is, yep. is I mean, do you operate on yeah. a another level yeah, no, thanks. Than, than almost any other church that I've been in around here. You're just on, a, on that different level when it comes to professionalism and excellence. And um, I, love, I love that about you. And you know what your vision is yep. and you're, you're running after it. So one thing that, that stands out is you have reached a lot of millennials. And yeah. we probably have a lot of millennials that are, that are watching the podcast or, or listening to. And there's a lot of churches out there that have a lot to say about millennials and how to, how to reach them. Um, how have you personally yeah. reached so many millennials? Because I think yeah. the majority of the millennials in our area, they go to, they go to Elevate, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, some of them do maybe. <laughs> yeah, there's, yeah, and there's a lot yeah. of great churches that yeah. are around. I think the only thing, I mean, you know, you somewhat attract who you are. So we're, I mean, my wife and I, hopefully we look, you know, in our young 30s. Yeah. So we're, we're getting up there. But, um, you know, we, yeah, yeah. I, most people say 29, but no. So I would say, I, was, I mean, you, you do attract who you are. I mean, that's just a common thing. But I would say, honestly, I don't think we necessarily, I know this may sound like we're dumb, but I think if, if, we, if we use our story, like everybody has a story and it's authentic. When you when you have your story, like nobody can take that away from you. That's one of the biggest things I remember being in the youth ministry and my church is like we would hear testimony stories. Like we don't do that. We do it through video, but I'm talking like old school. Man, I gave my life to Jesus and Sunday night church and uh and so I think if like Danielle and myself and our staff and key leaders are authentic with our story, I just think people relate to that sometimes sometimes people i think will think oh you should be you should be higher up and it's like no man we we had mess in our lives jesus changed us he is changing us and i think people can identify with that instead of hey here's all our successes look at what we've done as compared to hey let me tell you i get impatient i get frustrated survival guide to christmas you know uh you know trying to thrive during a season where a lot of people are trying to survive and so i think just people identify with authenticity and hopefully we are and if we drop the ball we're just like hey we we sure. dropped the ball you know yeah. um or we so got authenticity frustrated. and innov- innovation yeah. one of the most creative churches I, i've yeah. been, i've been in so creativity innovation yeah. is important i mean i consider you an innovator with, yeah no with everything that and it's just creative do. borrowing. Nothing's new under the sun, Chuck. I mean, honestly, you know, it's crazy. I remember we, we did used to have some really young millennial guys. I'm talking, and they'd be like, oh, we have to do all this new stuff. We have to do all this new stuff. I've, you know, from some of the best churches in America, their pastors will tell you, they take stuff. Yeah. Maybe 41 will come. Yeah. And I'll go, man, that's a brilliant idea. It's biblical. Yeah. I'm going to take 42. Yeah. And I'm, I'm going to rip off you. <laughs> yeah. And so well, uh, one of my favorite pastors says, you have eyes, so pledge your eyes, you know. Yeah. And so I use stuff from people's sermons all the time. If anyone were to ask me, hey, how, like, how long did it take you to write that message? My life. I'm like, I had an idea from yeah. Chuck. I had an idea from Pastor yeah. John. And it's like, and then I took it all and, you know, mixed it up and tried to reveal it through my yeah, DNA absolutely. and the way that I am. And so, um, like, my pastor, he, you know, Pastor John, he can chuck it. Like, he's, like, I, he could write it. He could just go up there and start preaching. Yeah. For me, I got to prepare. I, I got to uh, plan, you know, pray, <laughs> pray. And then Jesus helped me to get out of the way so you can get in the way. So, but I think if you're just authentic and share your story it's hard to take that away sure. from someone so 
Awesome. Man, well, I, you know, um, the evangelist I used to work yeah. for, and he, he said it. I mean, almost any conference I've ever been to, yeah. everyone says everybody uses everybody's stuff. Oh, they do. Spin out. In fact, I was at You're a, fooling yourself. They're yeah. fooling themselves. <laughs> if you go to a church and you're, and you're like, that is the best message they've ever written, you're like, well, they, they got it. From somebody, somebody, and they know, got it from or, or somebody. Bits and pieces. Yeah, like, I, I, I steal everything from the Bible. I mean, I've been doing that <laughs> since we started. So um, I met with. I went to a conference uh, a few months ago, and um, I met with um, a staff pastor for another pastor. That's anyone watching or listening today would know who he is. Very, mm-hmm. very well known pastor. And um, so, since I was going to have breakfast with one of his pastors, the people that were introducing me said, "Hey, you got to." you know, give a book to, to so-and-so, yeah. give it to him to give, you know, and I did, so I prepared this book and wrote a little message to this, this, you know, well-known mm-hmm. pastor and the gentleman I was having breakfast with, I gave it to him and I gave it to him and I'm not thinking he's ever going to really get it. You know, yeah, yeah. he goes, let me just tell you that he is going to get your book and he will read it and he will probably preach some of it, but he will never give you credit. Yeah, that's, awesome. <laughs> he, that's true. He just, yeah, well, he reads a, a, almost a book a day, this, this pastor. And, and, and when and we, that, we get to heaven, we'll just be like, hey man, thanks so much for that content. <laughs> Got me through yeah, four sermon you. series in so, 2018. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, well listen, as we, we have a few minutes left and I want you to pray for those that are watching and listening today, but um, you know, obviously innovation, creativity, we talked a little bit of, I mean, obviously community is important. We're, we're creative for community. We need relationships. You wouldn't make it as, yeah. a, as a pastor without relationship. I I wouldn't our kids i want my kids to grow up um loving the church a lot of pastors kids grow up hating the church we don't want that to happen so you know we obviously we want to create create an atmosphere where people can connect and do do life together be authentic like you were talking about and um now we're rolling into the Christmas season, and you have uh, a brand new series that you kicked yep. off called Survival Guide to Christmas. Yeah, yeah, and one of our staff members, they hit a home run, man, Survival Guide to Christmas. Uh, it's really just, it is, like, I think I tossed it out there earlier, surviving, or thriving instead of just surviving through Christmas through, from financially, you know, not getting in debt. You know, I, there's a stat that says 80% of parents will actually buy their, two-thirds will buy their kids anything, 80% will actually go in debt to buy their kids. So we talked a little bit about creating a quick budget. You know, you don't have to buy for the mailman's assistant assistant down the street who delivers one time a year. That's great if you want to be generous, but I don't know if it's wise financially. And then we'll talk about family, friends, and then just a couple of those character things that um, happen through the year. But we're doing the magic of Christmas. We have five experiences. We have a couple of them that we added. And just a lot of people lost the wonder and the magic of Christmas and going back, you know, what what it is, you know. But, man, we want people to love the local church, like loving Jesus, loving the church. You know, really that's my, my prayer is that hopefully people would see my life and see someone whose life was changed by Jesus. And everything I have is from the local church. I mean, ultimately serve the house. I found my spouse, my wife, you know, we've been married for almost 19 years. And so my pastor, you know, a leader in my life, a pastor, my best friend in my life in the local church, my spouse in the local church, our kids are raised and led by people who love God in the local church. So I'm a pastor. I am the leader yet. I'm also partnering with all of these amazing volunteers at Elevate Church, who is just a, a phenomenal church. Like we do believe that we pastor the best church on the planet because the people there, man, they love the Lord. And so if you're listening on Elevate, man, we love you. Like we're, we're their pastors. We love them. We've chosen. There's family that get chosen for you. And then there's family, families that you choose. Um, and so our church, we, we, we love uh, our church. And I really, man, that's my heart that people will really find a spiritual home for them, you know. Amen.
So. I love it. Well, speaking of finding a spiritual home, how can people find you? Those yeah, those uh, following you. Ele- elevatechurch.org. Uh, you can follow us on Facebook. Uh, that's the website, elevatechurch.org. Brian Sanders on Instagram. Uh, Danielle Sanders as well. Uh, there's an amazing sisterhood event tonight. If you want to come out, ladies, if you want to find a great place tonight, Sisterhood Christmas is in Elevate. We're in Morton, Illinois. And uh, man, just thank you to you, man. Thanks for building the church and leading the way for us young punks. And uh, man, blessings to you and your family during this Christmas hey. Christmas season. Thank and you. man, I really believe it. 41 will come and <laughs> the best days for Rock Church and for you personally. Man, I believe that. Thank I, th- you, I think God you. honors people who stay in the game. Appreciate you know, thank when you. we stay in the game, we're, we're champions, so... Amen. Amen. Well, thank you so much for, for, for being on and um, giving a shout out to, to Pastor John King and uh, my good friend Dave Mudd as well, by yeah. the way, who we've had on the podcast. Yeah, Dave, you owe so. us breakfast and a lunch, probably. <laughs> Return our phone calls. Uh, well, listen, um, you said something at the beginning of the podcast I'm going to repeat. You said, don't make your pastor lie at your funeral. <laughs> it's time for us to, man, follow the word, be obedient, so yeah. we can be the best that he's called us to be. So during this season, let's not forget what it's all about. For those that are watching, struggling, maybe even a young um, church planner or somebody who has the dream to plant, can you close us out in prayer? Yeah, awesome. God, thank you so much for uh, Pastor Chuck and the great church that you've used him to build and lead. And God, I pray that this, this ministry would continue to grow and influence. But Lord, I pray for those pastors and those people who maybe you're distant from the church. Jesus, you have always set this thing up to be about you your son, her about your life, but building the local church. God, it's, it's through the local church. You love the local church so much that you are willing to die for it. And that's not a building, that's people. So Lord, I pray for those that are going to lead and give their lives to this. May you give them influence, innovation, creativity, God, and most of all, a passion to reach people who are far from you. God, that's why you came, to seek and save that which was lost. And for those of us this Christmas season, may we reach out to a lost world who's looking who's looking and just waiting for that invitation. Father, we love you. We thank you for the great things you're going to do in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. Awesome, man. Appreciate it. It was awesome. Yeah. Well, my guest has been Brian Sanders, pastor of Elevate Church in Morton, Illinois. So for our producer, Mike Sable, I'm Chuck Tate. We'll see you next week on 41 Strong. 41. PeoriaLife.com.